in 2008 when the U.S. economy crashed. That was like my second kind of rock bottom, much different from the car accident, but I lost over half my income. Uh, I, I lost my house. You know, the bank took it away. Um, I, I got in really bad physical shape, and I got really depressed because I was just spiraling downward. And um, I, I just uh, – a series of events led me to – search out what do the world's most successful people do every day that I'm not doing? What are their rituals? What are their routines? Right. And I kept coming across morning rituals and morning routines. And But I wasn't a morning person. Like probably a lot of people listening, it's like, yeah, it's not for me. I was like, yeah, what else do they do? Next article. <laughs> what, right? Like, right. And, but I, I saw I, – I just kept seeing articles on morning rituals on every you know entrepreneur.com or Forbes.com or Oprah.com or wherever – that I finally went, okay, let me go back and read these. <laughs> you know, And as I read them, they, I was sold. I was like, wow, I never realized that how you start your day is arguably the single most important determining factor in how you live your day. And then how you live your day determines the days you string together, which turn into weeks, months, years, and your life, you know? Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. And here is Martin Grunberg. All righty, here we go. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me. My name is Martin Grunberg. You have reached Habits to Goals. Today, we have, and I am bringing to you a legendary guest. In fact, I'm not going to be surprised if people go back and listen to this for years and years to come. Today's guest is not only a tremendously inspirational speaker, he has crafted one of my favorite books is called The Miracle Morning, and it's just beautifully, elegantly written. It's simple, it's clear, and he's really formulated a fantastic way for people to take advantage of the force of habit, if you will, and kick off their day in a brilliant way. And that book, again, is called The Miracle Morning. Today we have Mr. Hal Elrod, how you doing, Hal? Martin, I am well, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's a it's a pleasure, it's an honor, and it is way overdue. <laughs> I should share this to the the listener. The frequent Habits to Goals listener knows this, um, or may not know this, I should say. It's because of you that <laughs> that Habits to Goals even exists. Without oh, wow. you leading me to Nikki P, Nick Polkowski, um, he was my training wheels for season one, and he really got me going, and that was, again, because of you. So thank you for that. Um, Hal, customarily, we kick off the show with something called the GTR, the Good Things Report. Now, the guest gets to decide whether they go first or they defer to me. I'll, I'll let you go first, Martin. <laughs> Sweet. Put me on the spot. That's um, right. I have, I've been trying to decide. So the first one, I'll, I'll get it out of the way quickly. I managed to find a way to get in a quick surf before this interview, 
which is always fantastical. The, nice. the water is freezing right now. Um, the other one, what did I scribble down here? Yeah, so the listener ought to know we have a beta store out. It's at shop.thehabitfactor.com. The first product, everything's beta except for the actual product. It's it's called the Habit XP Planner. It is based on Emerson's great quote, all life is an experiment. The more experiments you make, the better. So if you go to shop.thehabitfactor.com, the product's there, and to my surprise, it's already selling. So that's my probably my real GTR. So what do you got for Congrats. Me? That's exciting, man. It's, it's actually really cool because, you know, you, you create a – a store the first time we've created a store and we'll, we'll probably put out other habit factor, you know, gear and cool stuff. But, uh, well, what yeah. platform did you use to create the store? Is it like a Shopify store? Yeah. You know, it's actually just a plugin off WordPress. So a it's plug-in Wo- off WordPress? Wo- Wo- yeah. WooCommerce. WooCommerce. I've yeah. heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nice. so, I'm asking because my, uh, my dad's actually sitting here right now. He's visiting and, uh, he is, he is working on the miracle morning store. And so, uh, so I thought, yeah, I'd ask you what, what you're using and, and how you liked it. Cause uh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty impressed with it. I mean, just kind of for out of the box. I, I believe it was free. I mean, so, right, so dad, write that down. WooCommerce, dad, write yeah. that down. W O O WooCommerce. Yeah. All right. Well, too yeah. much about me. Give me your GTR. I, I would say, um, I've got, uh, so the miracle morning, you know, started as a book and, about two and a half years ago, we started making a documentary um, going kind of beyond the book and interviewing the morning rituals of some of the world's most successful people from, you know, CEOs to best-selling authors to world champion athletes. And um, the uh, uh, we just we're well, we're just about finished with it. So this Saturday is the uh, is the is a live theater screening. So we're going to the movie is going to play on a theater. About 100 people are invited. And, uh, this is like the final or the, the kind of getting feedback, uh, that'll go into the final cut of the film. So the fact that the movie is almost done is exciting. And today I was working this morning on the screening and getting, getting it ready. And, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pumped to see and my, my wife and, or, uh, well, my wife and my, my kids are in the film as well. And so I was talking to my daughter this morning. I go, Sophie, how cool is it that you're going to be at the movie theater? Some <laughs> of your friends will be there and you will be on the giant screen, you know? And she's like, that's so cool. Yeah. You know, so, uh, I'm, I'm excited, really excited for this. She's a Hollywood movie actress. Um, she loves every minute. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. And then where's the screening? Did I miss it? Uh, yeah. So that's an, it's an Austin here, here in my okay. hometown of Austin, Austin Texas. Beautiful. Yeah. And then the movie will come out, you know, uh, later this year on probably Netflix, hopefully Netflix and Amazon Prime Video and iTunes and theaters. And, you know, so we're, we're, that's kind of the next phase after the screening is, uh, to, to figure out the, you know, the, the, the full on distribution model and, and where people can watch it. So that is incredible. And this is, kind of, it's a documentary about 90 minutes, 60 minutes, something like that. Uh, 90 minutes. Wow. Yeah. It's a fling. In fact, and that was, and that was hard. It's been so hard that we've had to cut out so much that we filmed to uh. get to 90 minutes. It's because that's kind of the sweet spot. You don't want to go too much longer, but it could be a three-hour, four-hour, five-hour right. uh, documentary. And we might do some sort of – we'll probably – like there's so much footage. I don't want it to go to waste. We're probably going to do some sort of web series or something. Or, <laughs> there uh, you yeah, go. Something. Turn it into a sequel. Um, well, speaking of time, I know you and I are both super tight on time, and there's so much to get to. 
What I didn't say in the open and I really meant to is on top of all these incredible um, creative prod, prod, projects that Hal is doing and done, he most recently, and, and just a bit of a stunning story, battled through um, a form of, and, and I want you to talk about it, not necessarily now, we'll, we'll lead up to it, but, but had a just insane battle with, uh, leukemia and cancer. So that we want to get into as well. Having said all that, Hal, I would like to, if possible, kind of bring it back to, Kind of where you grew up. Sounds like your dad's there. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. where you grew up, what part of the world, where you went to high school, and then kind of work your way. Yeah. Through. Uh, I, yeah, I grew up in uh, Oakhurst, California, which is a small mountain town uh, near Yosemite National Park, up in Northern California. And um, kind of some interesting facts along the way. When I was 11, uh, my parents bought a grocery store, and it was built in 1945. <clears throat> and like a lot of businesses back then. The house was part of the business. So if you were in check stand one, <coughs> excuse me, check stand one, and you took like three steps forward, four steps forward, uh, that was the front door to our living room. <laughs> and so, I mean, and then we lived, our house was, you know, the, the living room and kitchen downstairs the and all the bedrooms and bathrooms upstairs. Um, so we lived on and behind the grocery store and, uh, and I mean, it was, it was so cool growing up. If we needed cereal or milk, we walked out in our pajamas <laughs> in the store, grabbed it off the shelf, went back home, you know? So that was a really fun way to grow up. And then when I was 15 years old, I started my first business, uh, as a mobile DJ doing weddings and car shows and school dances, you name it. And, uh, and that was really where my entrepreneur kind of spirit was born. I thought, wow, this is cool. You can get paid a good amount of money to do something that doesn't feel like work. <laughs> and I was, I was really fortunate at 15 to have that experience because it was like, well, this is what I'm going to do then. I'm going to figure out, you know, whether it's DJing or whatever, I'm going to find something I love to do to the point where it doesn't feel like work, but you can earn a great income. And, you know, to this day, I think that's a guiding principle for me in, in business. I love it. And then, uh, do you end up, navigating or negotiating yourself towards uh, college or does something else transpire there? Yeah, I went to junior college uh, in junior. about an hour and a half from home. Okay. And then I got a job on the radio station down by the junior college right after the the school year was over. And uh, so I was DJing on, you know, on more of a major radio, FM radio station. And, uh, and then I, a buddy of mine convinced me to go in for an interview for Cutco Cutlery you know, kitchen knives. Yep. Yep. And, uh, I, I, it was very compelling. I, I took the job and, uh, within the first 10 days I had, uh, broken the all time company record for the most <laughs> had, that had been sold in 10 days. And which it was for me, like it was my whole life being pretty average, you know, not, not like a, a star, anything, not a star right. athlete, not, not starring great, you know? So it was like, Whoa, you know, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm destined for, I can do more than I thought. And, and that really set me on a, a you know, totally different path and, and making, I, I quit the DJ thing cause I was making great money. I actually quit, quit, quit college. I ended up going back later, but I quit, you know, for, for a while. Right. Um, cause again, I was like, why would I go to college to get a job that doesn't pay as well as what I'm earning at 19? You know, it was, it was kind of sure. a, an interesting experience. And then, um, and then when I was uh, a year and a half into my Cutco sales career, I gave a speech at a, a sales conference. And driving home from the speech, uh, my, my, I had a 
just bought a Ford Mustang and my Ford Mustang was hit head on by a drunk driver at 70 miles an hour, uh, uh which sent me spinning into oncoming traffic and the car behind me T-boned me, hit me directly in my driver's side door at uh, roughly 70 to 80 miles an hour. And, uh, I, I, I was clinically dead for six minutes. Uh, I bled to death on the side of the road. I had broken 11 bones, uh, punctured my lung, ruptured my spleen, spent six days in a coma. And when I came out of the coma, they told me I would never walk again. And, uh, and so at, at, I was 20 then. And, you know, that was kind of the first extraordinary adversity of my life. And, um, and, uh, you know, I, I maintained a really positive attitude. I, I had faith that I would heal, even though the doctors didn't think I would. And, um, within three weeks of the crash, the doctors came in with routine x-rays and they said, Hey, we, you know, we don't know how to explain this, but your body is healing so quickly that, uh, and you know, I know we told you we, we didn't think you'd ever walk again, but <laughs> you can actually take your first step tomorrow Wow! or, you know, or today in therapy. And it was like, Whoa, I, I was optimistic, but I thought like, you know, maybe six months or a year of healing, not three weeks. And right. so it was really just a miraculous, yeah, uh, kind of, you know, uh, healing or, 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 you know, a result from the, the, the car accident. Sure. And I got, I, I went within, within less than two months, I was back to work at Cutco. Um, I had brain damage, so I, I wasn't allowed to drive a car for like a year. So people had to drive me to my sales appointments, but I got back to work, uh, you know, and, and, uh, kept doing what I was doing. So, yeah, so much to process there. Um, So you go back to work and Cutco, is it kind of an MLM type business model or? No, it's, it's not MLM. It's direct sales, right? Okay. So, so I'm not recruiting people underneath me, but right. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm going into people's homes. Okay. So you're banging uh, on, not, you're, you're banging on doors. Wasn't door to door. If you wanted to, you could. And I tried that a couple times for fun and it was not fun at all. And, I <laughs> and it, it didn't stick with it. It was like, hey, well, I, I got nothing to, I got, you know, I got some time to do an next appointment. Let's knock on some door. Oh, God, the people are mean. This, never mind. Right. <laughs> uh, no, no, the way that the business worked was off of referrals. Okay. So every time you did a, an appointment at the end, you would, uh, you know, ask, hey, do you know anybody that would be nice enough to, to, to take a look as well? And if they don't buy that, you know, that's obviously that's okay. We don't know if it's right for them or not. And, um, and then you'd get, I would average like 10 to 15 referrals on every appointment. Wow. So if I did, you know, five appointments in a day, I'd have, you know, at least 50 to 75 people to call, uh, for, to schedule my next appointments. And then, and then is it like a cooking party or, or at that point, no, it's just and a again, referral no, and could, a sale. could do that, but no, it was, okay. uh, I mean, we, so it, it, it sounds funny. It sounds like an infomercial kind of, but we, we, right. we would literally cut rope and cut leather. So we would, we would, uh, have, we, we have somebody pull out their knives sure. and they would cut, they'd, they'd cut a piece of rope and they would see, wow, this it either can't even get through it or it takes me a, you know, a right. hundred times. And then they would cut through it in one shot with the Cutco. It had wow. a really, really unique patented edge. Um, and, uh, and then we'd pull out their, their steak knife and we'd cut leather and go, you know, I know your steak's not this tough, right? <laughs> but, uh, and then they would, they'd saw through it and then the cut coat would just, it would slice right through it in one shot and they'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, just kind of really showed the, the difference in the edge. And then, uh, so by the way, I'm sold. I'll take three. Why do you think, why, why do you think you, because look, people, we know this. People love what they're good at, and you just said that. You're like, this is the first time I was excellent at this. I guess the question, um, and I have some theories, but, but why why do you think you were so good at this or had such early success? What, what yeah, were you doing? So a few, a, a few reasons that I can point to, and, and number one is absolutely nothing to do with me. It's Cutco. 
Um, it's the, my manager. Uh, <laughs> he's still guys. selling. He's still selling. Yeah. No, he's not actually. He's not. A lot of people are though. It's funny. People that I, that started selling when I did or even before they're right. like 20 years later, they're still selling cut codes. No, no, actually I meant you were because you were not taking credit. You were giving it, you were giving it to the product. So I was saying oh, you oh, yeah, are yeah, yeah. still yeah, selling. There you go. <laughs> no, I see. Uh, no, no, but he, uh, so he, but he was just, he was a great, in fact, he was the number one when I, when I, uh, I, I started in his office. That year, he was like the Roger Bannister with the four-minute mile. He was the first manager in 48 years to do a million dollars in one office in one year. Wow. So he was a phenomenal leader, and he really believed in me, and he he managed me well. Mm. Um and and then Cutco as a company, they've they've just got a phenomenal training program to where you you know you go through the presentation. It's three days long, right? Word for word, like you've got it down. Um, and so that was the foundation. But every sales rep gets that training. Now sure. they don't have the same manager that I did, but a lot of people did. Obviously, if they were in my office. So what really separated? I've looked at you know for me um, is two things that everybody has access to. So it doesn't, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm special. It was just that I exercised these two things. Number one was enthusiasm, uh-huh. right? And that, now that for me is natural. You, you know, you might be able to tell, like I get excited about stuff. So I'm, I have that natural enthusiasm. And if I believe in it, which I really believed in, sure. in this product, it was just, I was excited. Right. And the second thing was work ethic. And that was something that had eluded me my whole life. I was never a hard worker growing up. Right. Uh, it was, I was so excited about the, uh, product, but really more so the opportunity. Like, wow! I, and they actually do a great job with Cutco. They're like, hey, if you sell X amount of dollars in your first ten days, you win this. Or if you win this, and then at the top, you you win a limo ride and dinner, and you know all these things. And I was really excited to, to win these and to kind of prove myself to myself that, like, wait, what if I actually commit? At a level I've never committed before to anything. What could I do? And so I kind of took that mindset, and uh, and I think it was my manager that instilled it, and then and that was it. So lots of enthusiasm, lots. Of, I did more appointments in my first ten days than most people do in you know a long. I mean, I did like sixty two. 90 minute sales presentation. So I mean, that's like, you know, t- nine plus with drive time, 12, <laughs> that's a, that's 12 a hours lot. a day of wow. work for 10 days in a row. Well, and those are two obviously super key ingredients. And, and that's kind of what I was looking for to, yeah. to dissect that. So, so then you have this tragic, truly tragic accident, which you're declared dead and somehow, and I'm assuming there was a coma in there somewhere. Um, yeah, the, yeah, I was in a coma for six days. So six days I, I, in a coma and then was you a, go was, ba- yeah, go ahead. sorry. And then you go back to work. Um, how, where did you find the fortitude? I mean, somebody's telling you, you have some brain damage. You don't, your physical capabilities aren't the same. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, so the, the, uh, <clears throat> I was sitting in the hospital and I had just been told I was going to be able to get out of the hospital. It was after, it was like six weeks into the act, after the accident, you know, a month and a half later. And, and the doctor said, Hal, you're healing so quickly. You're, you know, you're doing so well. We're going to let you, uh, release you into your parents' care, uh, you know, neck in a week. And wow. so I was, I was like, oh, how exciting. They told, Cause originally they said to be in the hospital for a year. Mm. So seven weeks was, it was amazing. And, uh, my, my good friend Jeremy Caton was visiting me in the hospital when I got the news. And, uh, and I said, and then we were, you know, we celebrated. And then he said, well, I got to go. I got to go get on the phone and make some calls. We've got push period next week. And push period is a Cutco sales contest. And, um, I said, Oh, I said, how crazy would it be if I, uh, if I sold for push? And we <laughs> both kind of laughed it off, you know, and, right. and, and I just, I said it jokingly. And then when he left, I, the question like stuck in my head and I nice. went, what if I did that? 
That would be crazy. No one <laughs> who would do that. And, and and I'll tell you, Martin. Once I started um, with Cutco and I broke that first sales record, yeah. Um, I got addicted to that. I got addicted to the doing something that no one had ever done before, and 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 stretching. You know, kind of facing my fears and insecurities and self doubt and overcoming those, and it, it became very addictive. And so I was always trying to break records and that sort of thing. And so when I had that thought, no one would do that. You know, and I thought, who would I become? Like, man, that would be me digging deep. You know, I mean, I just, I just got inspired. And so I called our division manager, my manager's manager, right? He, yep. he oversaw like 12 offices. And uh, I said, Brad, how much do you think it'll take to win a trophy, uh, for this push period? And he said, oh, probably three or four thousand hell. And he, and he laughed. He goes, what? Well, you're not thinking about selling, are you? I said, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And he said, how? <laughs> Come on, man. He said, he Dude. said, we don't. I, I, he said, you know, you, you got more important things to do. Cutco will survive without you. At least give it <laughs> yeah, months, like you know? up. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, and I, I said, I go, Brad, I said, you're going to see me on stage. I'm going to win a trophy. I'll see you at the conference. And I hung up on, I hung up on, you know, click, make it all dramatic. And, uh, and so that was what seed was planted. And then I went home and it was a two week sales contest. And, I went home and I was exhausted. Like when you, you know, when you have eleven broken bones, uh, when you're when you're sleeping, I don't know. Tonight, your body, yeah, <laughs> right. well, your body's repairing all night long. So it's it, uh, you're you might be asleep, but your body's working. It's working. It's working all the time. It's trying to repair itself. Uh, so I was constantly exhausted and lethargic. So it's hard enough to get motivated to you know make sales calls when you're on a Red Bull, right? <laughs> Just make Red Bull. But, but when you're exhausted, it's like, it's, 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 you got nothing, no motivation. And so a week, a week into the push period, I had done nothing. And Jesse, my manager called and he just checked in on me, said, how's it going? And he said, Hey, I, I know you mentioned you wanted to sell for this push period. He said, no pressure, man. You know, I don't, we're, you know, the office is doing great. Right. Um, he said, but, uh, you know, I, I know it's important to you. Is there anything I can do to support you? And I said, oh, Jess, like, yeah, I'm just so tired. And nah, 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 nah. And he said, hell, he goes, let's, let's, let's keep it simple. He goes, why don't you make three calls? Pick up you your referrals. I said, yeah. I said, why don't you call three of them and then call me back? Let me wow. know how it goes. Wow. And I said, all right, I can do three. I can call three people. I called three people. On the third one, I scheduled the appointment. And I went and like my, you know, that I got energized. I was like, oh, wow, this feels good. I remember, you know, like it's been a few months since I've done this, but I, 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 I'm excited. And I called Jesse. I said, I got an appointment. He said, great. You want to make three more calls and call? I said, I'll make 10 more. I'll call you back, you know, and oh made 10, said like two appointments. And, and, and I just, I kept going. And then I ended up in the, so I only had one week instead of two weeks. And originally I was trying to sell three or $4,000 in those two weeks to right. get, you know, win a trophy. I sold $7,000 in, in seven days. Huh. Um, and, uh, and, and I took second or yeah, second or third place, something like that at the, at the conference. Um, there's like 500 sales reps. I was that competing, is... I think. And, um, yeah, and that was a real defining moment in my life where I went, wow, like that was the hardest thing I ever did. And I found a way, you know, to, to do it. I don't know how, but I did. Well, I'm glad I asked the question because you, you kind of, <laughs> you, uh, two gems just came up and one was this, that, that idea where you said you got addicted to this idea of doing something, no one else has done, you know, it's, it's, it is addicting if you can figure out and, and it doesn't have to be necessarily something nobody's ever done, but just something that elevates you outside your local circle, you know, yeah, like, or even something you've never done. Like right. that, I, I, you know, I've been addicted to that, like challenging myself, something that I'm like, that's beyond what I've, that my current capacity, right. therefore I'd have to grow to right. do that, you know? Yeah. Wow. That is 
So, so good. I'm trying to read my notes. The other thing you said, well, I can't read my own notes. So that gets you through. <sighs> this kind of leads you up to the beginning of the creation. I'm guessing of the miracle morning. In other words, you have, you have this success as a sales guy. I'm guessing your manager fed you good brain food in terms of personal development books. And then on top of that, you have your own tremendous adversity from this accident and then rebounding. And, and I'm guessing somewhere in you was this idea to, to create something, share something, these ideas, this formula, this recipe that has worked for you. And then somehow that emerges um into the miracle morning so so where where yeah. is that where is that seed planted how does it germinate and how when do you finally decide this is a go so uh so it so it happened it was a little bit a slightly different order than that what sure. what happened though when i was in the hospital i did have the thought uh, about uh well, first it was about being, I, I want to be a, a keynote speaker for a long time. Uh, at that point, I had been speaking at, you know, I'd given dozens of, of, of talks at, at conferences, Cutco conferences internally. Nice. And then, uh, and that kind of the dream was born from that to be a speaker. And my dad, the doctors thought I was in denial because I was so happy in the hospital. I was so positive and like, Hey, I can't change it. I'm going to, you know, make the best of this. And they thought I was delusional or in denial. And I told my, and my dad kind of shared that with me, the doctor's concerns. And I told my dad, I said, dad, I always want, I said, no, I said, I, I, I'm going to make the best of this. And, you know, I said, I always wanted to be a keynote speaker, uh, but I never, you, I had a pretty good life. You guys were good to me. And, you know, I, I, what would I talk about? I, I've never overcome anything major. And I said, maybe that's why this happened. Maybe wow. I'm supposed to overcome this and then share it with other people. Wow. And, uh, and then one of the doctors, I think it was one of the doctors that first said, when, when, when I kind of, when they, they assessed my mindset around the accident that I was learning, you know, I, I still don't know if I'd walk again, but I accepted that. I thought, well, if I'm in a wheelchair, I'll be the happiest person you've ever seen in a wheelchair because mm. I'm in a wheelchair and I can't change that, but I can choose to be happy in the midst of that. And so they, one of the doctors said, you should write a book. And so, um, it took me six years, but I wrote my first book called Taking Life Head On in 2006. And I never planned on writing another book. I only wrote that not because I wanted to be an author because I, uh, felt a sense of responsibility to share the what I had learned through my car accident and that journey to help other people. Nice. And All right, a quick timeout. Again, thank you so much for joining me and Habits to Goals. I hope you are digging this interview. I want to share with you something pretty cool we've just thrown out there. You can catch this either live or recorded. It's a webinar I put on. It's about 60 minutes. It goes through nine major tips. It gives you background about the habit factor, a little bit about me, and an overview, an intro to something we have put together called the 28-Day Breakthrough. Fantastic course. Really, the goal of which is it's the old, you don't feed a man a fish or woman, you teach them to fish. And so this is built above beneath, around, the habit factor, really gets in-depth with mission, vision, values, some great modules around goals in particular, energy, the mastery mindset. Those are uh, modules that are included. Anyways, check it out. All you have to do is go to thehabitfactor.com forward slash two eight. 
That's the number 2828-DAY-WEBINAR. That's thehabitfactor.com forward slash 28-DAY-WEBINAR. You can get the info, sign up, and hopefully we'll see you on the inside. And with that, let's get back to this fantastic interview. Cheers. In 2008, when the U.S. economy crashed, that was like my second kind of rock bottom, much different from the car accident, but I lost over half my income. Uh, I, I lost my house. You know, the bank took it away. Um, I, I got in really bad physical shape, and I got really depressed because I was just spiraling downward. And um, I, I just uh, – a series of events led me to search out what do the world's most successful people do every day that I'm not doing? What are their rituals? What are their routines? Right. And I kept coming across morning rituals and morning routines. And But I wasn't a morning person. Like probably a lot of people listening, it's like, yeah, it's not for me. I was like, yeah, what else do they do? Next article. <laughs> what, right? Like – Right. And but I I saw I, I just kept seeing articles on morning rituals on every you know entrepreneur.com or Forbes.com or Oprah.com or wherever that I finally went okay let me go back and read these <laughs> you know and as I read them they I was sold I was like wow I never realized that how you start your day is arguably the single most important determining factor in how you live your day and then how you live your day determines the days you string together which turn into weeks months years and your life you know. It all starts with the morning, and yep. so I, I was like, "I'm gonna, I gotta do it. I gotta wake up an hour earlier tomorrow. I don't know, I don't know how, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm committed." And and then I went on a further kind of quest of, well, what are the best morning rituals? And I I co I combined the six most timeless personal development practices in the history of humanity, uh, none of which are new: meditation, <clears throat> affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and journaling. And I thought I was trying to figure out which one of those was the best. And would make the biggest impact in my life. And then the epiphany was I went, what if I did all of them? Right. What if I woke up tomorrow and did the six most timeless proven practices, you know, for personal growth? And uh, I woke up the next morning at 5 a.m., an hour earlier than normal. I I sucked my way through all of those. Like, I, you know, I didn't know how to meditate. I was like making <laughs> up. I was terrible at it. And, right? right. And I'm like I'm reading affirmations, feeling totally goofy. Like, you know, I was bad at all these. But even doing them poorly – Within an hour, I felt unstoppable. Like, you know, they, I think it's Tony Robbins that says when people are depressed, it's it's because they lack a vision for a compelling future, right? right. They start to think that this is how life's always going to be, and that's where I had gotten to. I'd gotten really depressed because I'm like, man, nothing over the last six months has worked, and I, you know, I'm, I'm making, I'm just keep losing clients, losing money, losing it, my house, my credit's gone to, you know, I'm losing everything, and. uh and but then when I did that morning ritual that which wasn't called the miracle morning until much later, it when I did it the first day I went if I do this every day, it's only a matter of time before I become the person that I need to be with the, the knowledge and the beliefs and the values and the skills and the habits to create the success that I want in my life. And it happened so fast; it was less than two months of doing it that I doubled my income. I went from being in the worst shape of my life physically. And I've never run more than a mile at that point to right. committing to run a 52 mile ultra marathon. And I went from being depressed that within a matter of, that didn't take two months, like a matter of days. Right. I was because of that compelling future. And because my life changed so fast, I started writing it in my schedule as miracle, my miracle morning. But it wasn't a book, you know, and then I taught it to some people, so a few of my coaching clients, and they had this very similar, really profound results in their careers and in their personal lives. And, uh, and that's when I went, wait a minute. Kind of like the responsibility I felt for that first book after the car accident. I went, 
This changed my life, and I wasn't a morning person. This has changed Katie's life, Robert's life, you know, my clients, right, right. Taylor's life. They were not morning people. This could change anyone's life in the same way. Like, why, why, if it, it worked for us, why would it work for them? And that's when I felt like I have to write a book about this. And, uh, three years later, The Miracle Morning was, you know, published. And, um, and now it's become, it's, it's just beyond my wildest dreams. It's, you know, roughly half a million people around the world in over a hundred countries do it every single day. The book's published in 30 languages. We got a movie coming out, you know, this next month. Like, it just, it's, it's, it, it blows my mind. It's really wild. Yeah. yeah, and the, the enthusiasm is absolutely infectious, and um, I'm just so excited about it because, of course, you are on Habits to Goals, <laughs> and those are the essential habits that you formulated. You know, you, you turned into this beautiful recipe, and I love that you had the um, – capacity and the vision to realize it's not any one of them and, and bundle them all together. Um, just fantastic. I figured out what my earlier note was and I okay. think it's worth repeating or, or saying, not repeating. You were setting goals in the hospital. In other words, you set the goal to not just walk again and get out, but, but you were setting your sales goal. Which, just, which is now a good time to also say, if you don't already know, based on the open, Hal has a podcast. It's, I believe it's called Achieving Your Goals, right? With Hal Elrod. Achieve Your Goals, yeah. Achieve is, Your yeah. Goals. So, yeah, I mean, just infectious enthusiasm and, and what a, uh, a brilliant book. Okay. So. So that's out. Now we have the Miracle Morning, the, the documentary, the movie coming out. Um, again, just because we're short on time, it's killing me. I, I want to get into the, the tragedy. It was, I, I guess, 18 months ago, a year ago. You, you wake up in bed, you're having a hard time breathing and then kind of take it from there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I woke up in bed. You know, just gasping for air, and I thought I was having one of those nightmares, you know, right? Where like the nightmare where you think you can't breathe, and so I thought that's what was happening. But right. I just, you know, minutes went by, I could not catch my breath. I woke my wife up, and uh, and she told me, you know, sit up, sit up, sit up, and I sit up, and I, I kind of I can get some breath in. It, it ended up over the next couple of days, it did not get better. It was getting worse. I went to urgent care. They they misdiagnosed me with pneumonia, and uh, gave me a Z pack of antibiotics and. They said uh, they weren't very confident in their diagnosis, but he was the doctors were confident when he said, "If you're not better in a few days, go see another doctor. Go right. get a second opinion." I was like, uh, "Okay, that is crazy." And yeah, how long? And so, ago, how long ago was this? Eighteen months ago? Uh, it was uh, a less than a year and a half ago. So yeah, a little less than eight, probably like seventeen months ago, roughly. Okay. So and um, the uh, yeah, I'm thirty. I'm thirty eight now, so I was thirty seven. And I, uh, I went and got a second opinion and the doctor called me in, uh, you know, the next day and went over my test results and said, Hal, um, he, you may have, it's actually, it's kind of funny. 
he was, I could tell he was really nervous. And I was like, gosh, what, what's he going to tell me? You know? Right. And, uh, and, and so I ease, I calmed, I, I have my hand on his, you know, or his arm and he, doctor, I just want you to know whatever you're going to tell me. Like I, I live my life in a state of unconditional acceptance. I'm at peace with whatever it is, even if I'm dying, whatever, you know? And I thought they were, like, I said that facetiously, like I'm not dying. I'm right, sure. But, right. right. You're like, right. I live an anti-cancer lifestyle. I'd watched a documentary about 10, 15 years ago called healing cancer from the inside out mm-hmm. about how to, cure cancer naturally or, 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 and, you know, kind of prevent it. So from that point on, I went to a plant-based diet. I was really alkaline. I took the chemicals out of my house. Like I, I lived like a really clean lifestyle. Right. So I thought there was no way it was cancer. And he said, you've either got some sort of infection that we don't, it's very it's kind of mysterious, uh, or it looks like it could be lymphoma. Your lymph nodes in your chest are swollen. That's why it's, your lung is collapsed. And, Oh, um, we need to do more, more tests. And I said, all right. So, uh, I did more tests and, you know, it turns out it was this really, uh, rare and aggressive form of leukemia, um, called acute T cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And then to make it really rare, uh, they, they discovered later on when I went to another hospital that I had a cellular mutation as part of the cancer called NUP1. Ah. And, um, it's so rare that there's not, no, there's no data on it. The closest survival rate they could give me was they gave me a 30% survival rate. Oh my goodness. And so, right. And for, you know, for, if for all, for all you pessimists, right, I would say that that's a 70% you're going to die. You have a right. 70% chance <laughs> of dying, which is terrible odds, right? It's right. Like, that's, you know, 50 50 is not good. 70% is bad. And so, um, I, Thankfully, I had the uh, the car accident to reference, you know, and, sure. and the mindset that I had there and then. And I went, okay, well, I can't change that I have cancer, so I, I'm going to choose to be happy in the midst of it. I'm going to be grateful in the midst of it. I'm going to be, I'm going to maintain, you know, I'm going to have a positive attitude. And, and there's something I created back when I was selling Cutco. Um, it was kind of like my formula for breaking records. I called it the miracle equation, and totally unrelated to the miracle morning. It's very coincidental that they, you know, I guess miracles in my vocabulary or whatever, but, um, they call it the miracle equation. And it's how, uh, I feel like how people that achieve extraordinary results, AKA miracles, right? Like, you know, the results beyond what you might believe is possible. Um, this is the formula that they lived by. And so I started implementing it and it's, it's real simple. It is unwavering faith plus extraordinary effort. And that is what creates miracles or extraordinary results. So you think about most people, they don't have unwavering faith that they can achieve a, a, you know, a big, big, big goal, whatever that goal might be, right? There's usually more self-doubt than there is faith that it's possible. And so most people don't even try. They don't even attempt it. If they do attempt it, um, but they're not on track for the goal, they've got some bad days or bad weeks or bad months or years or whatever, or some setbacks, then they usually give up the faith that it's possible. And as soon as you give up the faith that your goal is possible, the effort that's needed to make that goal a reality, and if, it, and if it's a, a significant goal, uh, then it requires extraordinary effort. As soon as your faith goes out the window, the effort flies right, right, right after because it's like, right. well, you're, you're not really going to put forth extraordinary effort when you don't actually believe it's even possible. And so I used to use that when I was in sales and I would teach it to sales reps and they would use it to, you know, break, it was duplicatable. And so once I was given a 30% chance of living, I went, okay, I, I like, it just popped in my head. I was like, this is the mirror. I need the miracle equation. Right. Cause that right. to me was how you defy the odds, you know, right. It's like when sales were taught the law of averages, and I call it the law of miracles, which is where you access a higher level of consciousness and therefore you're able to tap into more of your potential and achieve greater results through the miracle equation, through this unwavering faith and extraordinary effort. And so I thought that's how I'm going to beat cancer. I'm not going to beat it with 
statistics. In fact, those are going to scare me and depress me. And right, it's, I'm, I'm going to go rise above, and I will be one of those 30. percent There is no other option. That was my unwavering faith and extraordinary effort. I did. I researched and researched, and I even got all my friends and family to research. Like, what are all the natural ways I can cure this cancer? Um, and uh, you know, I did coffee enemas, which if you've ever done a coffee, you know, any kind of enema, it's pretty uncomfortable to stick something up your butt and do right. Sorry to be graphic, but uh, <laughs> all right. So that every time I did it right. though, I I felt this sense of confidence. I'm like, this is extraordinary effort, you know. <laughs> It doesn't get more extraordinary than this, and uh, you know, and then doing you know juice cleanses and all sorts of acupuncture, and I mean all sorts of ozone saunas, and you know that was my extraordinary effort. And then I use my affirmations every day to maintain that unwavering faith. And uh, yeah, I'm very grateful to say that you know a few months back I I was diagnosed as cancer free, and you know it's I've got a lifelong journey ahead because there are a lot of cancer patients that it comes back, you know, right, they get right. it again, and so I'm really aware of that, and I'm trying to. You know, I've got 10 different protocols that I do every single day. I'm still do the coffee enemas. I do. I, I bought an ozone right. sauna. I do lemon water in the morning. I, you know, so I do all these things uh, consistently. So, and and I wanted to get into that. And I know we're all moving quickly here. Just just about this idea of a miracle. Um, in, in some ways, it has to be something extraordinary. And then in in another way. I I think a paradigm shift for me was based on, I believe, I'm not positive, something Einstein said, either everything is a miracle or nothing is. And the fact is, because people, (laughs) I mean, it's just like once something's a miracle, everything is. We, We can't describe to you, uh, why a person's heart starts beating. Right. Nobody you you can take science and and I love doctors and I love science, but but you take it to a certain point and then it becomes a big question mark. So um, I love that, you know, you have the miracle morning and the miracle equation. And I think it's important work that you're doing to remind people it's it's all a miracle. So so there's in some ways it's. Everything's extraordinary and, and everything is a miracle. So, so what I'm getting at here is it, this should be fostering people's belief, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think so. I mean, so in the miracle morning early on in the book, I, I start out by saying, why is it that when a baby is born, we often refer to him or her as the miracle of life? Yeah. But then we go on to accept mediocrity for our own lives. And where along the way did we lose sight of the miracle that we are, that we are living, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and, and I don't, I don't use miracle uh, really in a religious context. You sure. know, I think that some people interpret it that way. Right. Um, it, you know, it's again, it's that those extraordinary results, and 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 there's society is, you know, there's so much evidence of, and it's not the majority, it's the minority, right? It's that top one yeah. percent. But whether it's athletes or entrepreneurs or you know, uh, I mean, you just, you see. And miracles, extraordinary results in everyday life, you know, yeah. um, and, and, and when we adopt the mind, that, that miracle equation, right? Yeah. I mean, show me an athlete that doesn't maintain, like, like a top athlete, like a, like I think a basketball, like a Michael Jordan, you know, back in the day that, you know, he, he had unwavering faith that he could make every single shot that he took. Even if he missed six shots in a row, which most of us, if we missed six shots in a row, we got a lot of doubt on that seventh shot. Michael Jordan, look in his eyes. He says, give me the ball. I'll make the shot. I'll make, you know, and if he missed that one, 
his faith didn't waver. No, no, give me the shot. Give me, give me it again. I don't miss shots. Give me it again. If you miss that one, it didn't matter, right? Right. And 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 here's the thing about that is it's not it's not that it's a bulletproof strategy. And I think that's where uh, where people I think that people want certainty, right? That's such a strong desire and drive right. and need for us is certainty. And so the miracle equation isn't about that you're guaranteed to make every shot you take, you know, Michael Jordan didn't make every shot he took, but because he approached life and his, his career with unwavering faith and put forth extraordinary effort, he made more shots than most others, right? He yep. made miraculous game winning shots that you couldn't even describe and that they're still showing on highlights 20 years later, right? Yes. And we all have that ability. If we, if we think the same way, adopt the same mindset and put forth the same type of effort, we can do the same types of things in our own lives. That's beautiful. So we got about five, six minutes left and I want to touch on one more important point. As it relates to your battle with cancer, and we could spend so much time on this, but, but talk about this idea, and I, I bring it up a lot on, on this podcast. You, you had the openness, like you were leaning away from, um, you know, Western medicine and science and, and chemo and radiation because of all the negative effects, and, but you were open enough to, consider and use both so i in two minutes explain why you think that was the key because i yep. i agree with you there i'll try to do it in one um All right. so yeah so i was anti-chemo um it was you know chemo is poison right i mean i think they invented it back it was mustard gas anyway it's a long story but um <laughs> mustard but, gas. but yeah chemo's it's not it's not healing anything it's killing Right. It's killing the cancer. And I literally one of my doctors told her my nurses, uh, she's an oncologist nurse. Uh, and she told me the, uh, the goal is to kill the cancer before we kill the patient. I yeah. mean, she's that's what she said, you know, and that, and that's the, the reality. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to. And that's why I believe so many cancers come back. And, you know, there's I've read a lot of books on this, but I'm not the expert, of course. Right. Um, but is because the side effects of most chemotherapies are various cancers. Right. You know, and that's why I met many people in the hospital that they were on their third cancer, but, you know, and they had, they had testicular, then they had breast, then they had brain, then they had, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, and so, um, so for me, uh, I, I, I didn't want to do the chemo and my doctor said, Hal, you don't have a cancer. I asked him how he could support me holistically. And he said, you don't have a cancer that you can play with like that. Um, it is, uh, you, you're going to be dead in a week. And I thought he was kind of scaring me and I, I did the research and I realized he was very true. And I came back the next day and we started chemo. But what I did is I went, I'm going to do everything that I would do if I were not doing chemo, everything naturally, um, to build my immune system, detoxify my body and, you know, and support myself through this cancer. And so that to me is the big thing is I believe that's the, you know, the, I mean, if you can do it all naturally, that to me is the number one option. Some cancers you can, some cancers you can't. And regardless, um, some people are going to be too afraid to just ignore their doctor and do it on their own. So I, 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 I'm, you know, I feel like part of my mission in life is to say, look, if you're going to, if you have cancer, if you're going through chemotherapy, don't, don't rely on just your doctor as the only source of your solution. You've got to take your healing into your own hands. Yep. You've got to go, you know, go research, read books, Google, et cetera. And you've got to look for what are the natural ways to take care of your body during this process. And, and right. I think that's why uh, a big reason why I was able to, you know, to, to heal from the cancer. I, I do too. And I, and I think it helps drive home this idea. It does not necessarily have to be this or that. It, 
a lot of us get into this dichotomous thinking. It's, it's either A or B, right? It's, it's Western yeah. medicine or, you know, Eastern medicine. It can be, <laughs> they both originate from the same source, the same creative source. All right. Well, that was a little longer than a minute, but we're going to move <laughs> to some standard questions here. Um, <laughs> this is a bit redundant given that you wrote the miracle morning, <laughs> but it's just a patented question. Uh, your best one, two or three habits that you think are, are contributing to your success. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, Definitely the miracle it's all, morning. Okay. It, it's, 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 all, it's the morning ritual. And I will just say one other habit that I implemented this year is that uh, I naturally gravitate toward business books. And yep. this year I decided I'm not allowed to read a business book until I've read 10 pages out of a parenting or a marriage book ah. uh, to really keep keep the most important thing in my life, the most important thing. And, and that's been really a game changer because in the past I rarely get to a, a marriage or a parenting book. And now it's every single day. That is genius. I'm glad I asked the question. I like yeah. how you changed it up. Um, what advice would you give yourself, your 20 year old self, 18 year old self, knowing what you know now? Yeah. Um, don't drive on the freeway on December 3rd, 1999. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but no, I mean the, the big advice I would give myself, uh, I think is just to, to be, to, to enjoy the journey, uh, more and not be in such a rush to get to the end destination. Now, you know, I think that, for all of us, we all, most of us are really anxious to get to where we want to be or where we want to go. We want to be there now. And what I found is that when you finally get to the place that you've been working for so hard <laughs> yep. for so long, yep. you almost never wish it would happen any sooner. You instead you see the perfection in your journey. And, uh, and so, so, so realize that now rather than, you know, being anxious and, and then finally getting there and go, why did I, you know, take a couple years off my life being so stressed trying to get here? Right. I should have just enjoyed every moment and realized that as long as I moved in the direction of my goals and dreams, my success was, you know, inevitable. That is so, so the, the definition of success that we use here is creating your ideal future that leaves it open to, you know, it's, it's organic. It's always changing. But as long as you're moving in that direction every day, uh, you are successful. And I think you just said it in so many words. What would be your definition of success? How would you define success? To me, it's freedom. Uh, it's the freedom to do what you want, when you want, with whomever you want. Um, now, my own personal definition would include contribution. You know, to me, it's about the, 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 the amount of people that I impact and the depth of the impact. That's how I really measure my success. But the way I would define it for other people, for like the, the masses, it's freedom. So if you don't want to help other people, I, I don't judge that as right or wrong, right? So sure. if you want to live every day on a beach, right? That's your, so having that freedom to me is how I define success. Beautiful. Just a couple more and we are done. Uh, one or two, your favorite transformational book, sir. Uh, favorite transformational book is, oh gosh, that's a tough one. You know, I'll, I'll tell you a new book that came out yesterday that I got, I got, I got an advanced copy of a few months ago. Awesome. 
and I love it. It is called Own the Day, Own Your Life by Aubrey Marcus. Wow. And uh, get it on Amazon. Highly recommended. And it, to me, it's it could have been called The Miracle Day to follow up The Miracle Morning, right? Because right. my book really handles here's how you win the morning, and that really is like really detailed and actionable on here are the things that you can do, the things you can eat, the supplements you can take. The I mean, it's it's fantastic on how to really crush every day. So Aubrey's new book's great. I love it. Great recommendation and a favorite tech tool, gadget, website, something you can't live without, without other than your cell phone itself. Yeah, my uh, my favorite uh, – I'd say the seven-minute workout app is one of my favorites. Actually, you know what? I'll give you two, seven-minute workout and then the five-minute journal. Wow. Those are two apps that I absolutely love. I use them every day. Um, my son and I do our, our seven minute workout together, which is really cool. That is cool. Um, he's five years old and he loves it. You know, we, we set my phone in the living room and, and we do it together. But, uh, yeah, so those are the two. It's a five minute journal is the, my favorite journaling journal period, but journaling app. And then uh seven minute workouts, a great little full body workout in just seven minutes. So that's a great, they, they're both, they both can be used, you know, during your miracle morning. That is fantastic, Hal. And as we wrap this up, is there anything, um, people, as they want to learn more about you, we will link back to your website. But is there anything you have to promote at this time? Anything you want to share? Anything you want me to uh, add to the show notes? Please let us know now. Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, the, the Miracle Morning book is just just based on the amount of people that have had their lives transformed. I mean, literally transformed in, in really profound ways. That to me is the greatest uh, work or, or, or contribution that I've made to the world. And right. so that's where I usually encourage people to start is, is, you know, you can get the book on Amazon or iTunes or, you know, Audible or whatever. Yep. Um, and then, uh, and then we do a live event once a year, which is, it's, it's really cool. It always sells out. Um, and, uh, it's called the best year ever blueprint. You can go to best year ever blueprint.com. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a lower, but it's like 600 bucks or whatever, um, you know, for a ticket. And it's, it's a really, Really powerful, uh, powerful event. So we do that once a year. But, uh, but yeah, the book's a great, great place to start and kind of join the Miracle Morning community, which is our Facebook group that supports, you know, people along the journey. And, uh, and then I'd love to meet you in person at the uh, Best Year Blueprint in San Diego, which is, uh, every December. That is fantastic. I'm going to make sure we have links to all of the above. How we are pretty much right on time. You brought the heat. That was, uh, that was fantastic. I, Thank you. Appreciate I kind of it. felt like we had to rush through it a little too much, but that's that's my bad. It's my fault. I'm long, I told you I'm long-winded, man. I tried, but yeah. I, uh, I, I, <laughs> I did long answers. You did great. Look, educational, entertaining, and informative. Uh, have a terrific day, Hal. Say goodbye to the listeners, and thanks yeah. again, bud. Thank you, Martin, and thank you, everybody that listened. I appreciate your time, and I hope you got some value for today, and uh, I hope you will see you in the Miracle Morning community. Cheers, bud. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. If there's one thing I know, and I think Jim Rohn was the one who said this originally, in five years, the difference in your life will be largely based upon two things. The books you've read and the relationships you have fostered. Doesn't it make sense to take advantage of the downtime, whether you're on the road, on a run, in the gym, 
kill a couple birds with one stone, get a book going. It's phenomenal. It's I, the more people I turn on to it, the more uh, compliments I get. Not that I've actually done anything. 180,000 titles to choose from. You get one free book a month, 30% off any other book. Again, check it out. Audibletrial.com forward slash habits to goals. I'm going to say that again real quick. Audibletrial.com forward slash habits to goals. And that is the number two. And of course, when you support our sponsors, you are supporting the show. So thank you again. I am extremely grateful. We'll see you at the next episode.